Hey everyone, it's Vanessa here from Working at Careers. I hope you're all keeping really well. In today's episode, we are going to be joined by Katie Matthews, who is the founder of two businesses, which include Excel and Education Tutoring and the Mind Tribe, which focuses on mental health and mindfulness training. Today, Katie is going to be discussing her journey that led her towards starting her two businesses. And we're also going to be discussing mindfulness and tips that you can use at home that will help you through any stress or anxiety that you may be feeling either through education or in the workplace. I personally got a lot of really good tips from Katie that I will definitely be taking forward next time I maybe feel a wee bit stressed or feel like I need to take time to chill out. So I really hope that you all benefit from this episode as much as I have. So I hope that you really enjoy and I'll chat to you soon. Hi Katie, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Working at Careers. How have you been keeping? Hi Vanessa, thanks very much for having me on today. Yeah, I've been keeping keeping well, keep, um, keeping busy. Um, obviously it's a unpredictable and strange time for everyone. So just trying to keep ploughing on and get the head down, keep the, keep the lights on. <laughs> I think it's so important to keep yourself busy right now because I think it would just drive you up the walls like sitting in the house because it was good the first two weeks but then I was pulling hair out. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people um, felt like that to be honest. You know, I know that for me, the first couple of weeks, it almost just felt like a holiday of lockdown. You know, I just felt like, oh, fab, I can do whatever I want, you know, and I can just relax a bit and take a bit of time out. But um, and then I was like, oh, yeah, you actually have businesses, though. So you need to <laughs> you need to keep yourself going. <laughs> yeah, you need to actually do something with them. That would be helpful. <laughs> Katie, I would love to chat to you today about your business, The Mind Tribe, and your journey from leaving school that actually led you to starting your own business. So The Mind Tribe then is actually my second business that I've set up. Um, I set it up last year, so we've been going just about a year and a half or so now, and it's a mental health and wellness training company. So I would go into businesses, I would go into schools and train educators, um, I work with charities, community groups, all, all different groups and organisations, teaching them ways, you know, that they can support either their staff's mental health and well-being, or their students or the children, you know, who whatever group it is I'm working with or even themselves um, in terms of supporting, you know, adults, their mental health, because personally, I have um, 11 years lived experience with mental illness. So for the last 11 years, I've lived with depression. Um, and then coming up for six years now um, was when I was diagnosed with anxiety as well. So for me, it's something that's really, really important, really close to home, obviously, as well. Something that I live with every single day and something, you know, that is so important that we all need to, you know, we all need to be aware of our own mental health and we all need to be trying to support other people as well, you know. Absolutely, because I feel like, especially now, where you can't go out and meet your friends, you know, if you if you were feeling down, maybe you would meet your friends for a coffee, or maybe you would go see your parents, but there's a lot of people who can't do that at the moment, and it's hard for them to, to reach out, because maybe they don't feel like they can send a message, do you know? Yeah, definitely. No, I think it's um, it's been a very challenging time for a lot of people in terms of mental mental health and particularly people that are already living with mental illness. It, there's been a lot of challenges in terms of change, um, change to people's routines, change to people's communication, you know, because it doesn't always feel the same. I mean, maybe this is me personally, but for me, it doesn't feel the same, you know, speaking to somebody on Zoom or other platforms are available, speaking to it. <laughs> speaking to people you know online it just doesn't have the same impact or the same effect you know to to build that bond between people 
I feel like when you're chatting to people over Zoom, you're not getting the same vibes or the same emotion that as you would get from someone when you're sitting across from them or even sitting face to face. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, it's quite difficult as well in terms of when you're sitting with somebody, obviously, you can take visual cues from them. So from facial expressions, from their tone of voice, it's a lot easier, I think, to tell if people are joking, you know, with humour and sarcasm and things like that, you know, um, it's a hell of a lot easier when when you're sitting across from somebody. But that's one thing I found particularly, because um, obviously, my, my other company, my tuition company, I work with children who are four to 16 years old, and some of them um, would obviously have you know additional needs and for them it's been challenging you know it's been very difficult to move their tuition online you know because sometimes they would depend on visual cues from me enable you know to to give them that additional layer of meaning you know that additional layer of understanding yeah it's been a been an interesting time and (laughs) I'm not the best person with technology so I'm still trying to adapt myself I know it's hard, I think, because it's going to be, you know, like, a new thing within people's businesses and things now, like, you know, chatting on Zoom and putting, like, even schoolwork online. I feel like it's just going to become part of the new normal, as they call it. (laughs) Yeah, I know, that phrase, the new normal. (laughs) I I don't like it. Yeah, there's nothing normal about it. (laughs) I know, I'm fed up with it. (laughs) Do you know the phrase, unprecedented as well? I'm fed up with that word. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) although I'm probably guilty of putting it in a Facebook post at some point (laughs) yeah it's it's been strange but yeah I just I don't know I think the blended learning is the way forward anyway in terms of you know you said there about putting lessons online and things like that because I know personally like I completed a course there yesterday and that I've been doing for the last couple of weeks online but for me that works better as an entrepreneur because obviously you know my days are never the same so it allows me to have that flexibility and obviously I know it's slightly different with me coming from the adult perspective as opposed to a child that's learning um but I just think it gives people a little bit more ownership as well you know in terms of the fact that they're taking responsibility for their own learning a bit more as opposed to it being let me spoon feed you everything yeah because you actually physically have to go on log on do the work and then upload it yeah so you're you're taking a bit more ownership you know of um of the work that it is that you're completing so yeah i, I think that will definitely be the new normal <laughs> <laughs> definitely and um uh, what was it that made you want to to start your own business um so i started my first company when i was 22 and to be honest i had always kind of knew that I was going to do something either in like business or leadership um, or work my way up to a sort of, you know, a senior position in a company, something like that. But I never really knew exactly what it was that I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to be good at it. (laughs) So I left, um, left school when I was 16, went to college in England. Um, We didn't have a sixth form. So I went on to college and did my A-levels. And then obviously you can hear I'm not from Northern Ireland. So (laughs) um, I moved over here when I was 19. So I've been over here almost 10 years now and went to Queen's studying English with linguistic. Um, But the reason I chose that degree was because it gave me the most options. You know, I chose something that, yes, I was good at, two, I enjoyed, but three, it would leave me with the most options, obviously with transferable skills. Um, Because I didn't know if I wanted to potentially maybe still go into law. I was still thinking about that at the time. So once I graduated then, my mental health or mental illness took a really bad turn. And for the first time in my life, I, I got I got a job, not for the first time in my life, not that bit. I don't, <laughs> I'd had a job before. <laughs> um, I started working in banking, but then within a month, 
it was just I just took a really bad turn and for the first time in my life um I got signed off work then I was actually signed off um sick by the doctor for six months which was you know very very challenging very challenging time big time so it was it was actually during that period of time that I then decided right I'm gonna work for myself I want to set up my own company because for me, what what I love the most about entrepreneurship is freedom. That's that's the biggest driving factor for me is that I get to choose, you know, how my days are structured. If I'm not feeling 100% or if I'm, you know, having a bad spell with mental illness, I'm able to adapt and move things around um, and have a bit more flexibility um, as opposed to obviously working for somebody else then and potentially, you know, not, not being able to have that level of freedom that I have now. When you work for yourself, you know your limits. Where I feel like when you work for someone else, you're working in a very high pressure environment and there's a lot of deadlines and there might be people who might not be able to cope with that very well and might find that this environment quite difficult to work in. Yeah, that's it. I think it's getting a right balance between pro- productivity and actually being happy as well, you know, because you want people to, to be happy in the workplace as well as being productive. You know, you want, you want both of those factors. So yeah, that, that was kind of what drove me towards it. It was like a circumstance situation, but also the fact that, you know, I knew that it would suit my lifestyle better. Um, and then it has worked out to be better because over the last um, couple of years or so there, I've been diagnosed with an autoimmune condition as well. So that's like a physical, uh, physical health issue. So there are some days, you know, when I can't get out of bed, some days when um, I can't walk, can't breathe properly, you know, because of pain and things. So it's actually been <laughs> the best decision I ever made. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, um, very, very pleased that I chose to go down the route of entrepreneurship. What was it that led you towards your first business of doing tuition? Um, I was actually tutored myself for 12 years. I was struggling with maths when I was seven. We had moved from near London um, down to the seaside in England. And there was a difference, obviously, in the in the teaching styles, the way that it was being taught. I could not understand for the life of me what was going on. <laughs> like what on earth and I was coming home every day and obviously I was getting frustrated getting really upset and annoyed you know because I was like why can't I get this so anyway my mom decided then right we'll put you into tuition and within a year of getting mass tuition I had gone from being the bottom in the class to being on the gifted and talented register for the UK for maths so so that for me was just like life-changing you know having somebody that show me in a different way, in a way that I understood, you know, as opposed to it just being, this is the one way I'm going to show you and you better learn it or that's it. You know, um, I was able to be shown an alternative perspective that really resonated with me. And I, it's something, you know, that stuck with me, obviously, even through to adult life, because I went on and did an A-level in maths, you know, as well. So it, it really helped me in terms of confidence um, and definitely opened up doors in terms of opportunities for me. Um, just from building those math skills you know I always had that passion you know the, the wanting to give back the loving helping people um loving education you know I'm a big geek I love <laughs> love learning I love learning all the time and learning new things and um, learning from others and helping others so for me it was sort of like a natural progression that's a nice way, way to think about it that you know you were helped and you progressed and then you wanted to kind of help other people that's really nice it's kind of, to be honest, that is kind of like one of my sort of core 
values, even in terms of, yes, work, but also I run um, the Young Entrepreneurs Network for Northern Ireland. And I set that up there just over a year ago. But for me, it's, it is so important to give back and to, to support others and provide a platform and safe space for young entrepreneurs. Um, so that, yeah, it's something like a common thread, you know, that I've, I've always done my entire life um, is to try and give back and support other people where I can, because you know, no man is an island. <laughs> and it's only because of other people and their kindness and wisdom and generosity that I've been able to get to where I am, you know, so it wouldn't feel right for me to just take, take, take basically, and then not give anything back or pass anything on to the next generation. What then was it that led you towards the, the main tribe then after starting up your, your first business? Well, this is the interesting story now. So <laughs> brace yourself. <laughs> Basically, what happened was in 2018, um, unfortunately, I went through bankruptcy with my first limited company. It was, a well, a life-changing experience, a highly emotional, you know, traumatic experience. It really was losing all my staff, losing the premises that I had, obviously not being a director anymore. You know, there was a lot of um, a lot of challenging time, times and events, you know, that happened as a result of that. But at the same time, it was also the best thing that ever happened to me because the organisation had grown so quickly that it was really affecting my mental health. Um, I was hardly sleeping. I was working, you know, like 19, 20 hours a day. Like it was ridiculous. And it wasn't sustainable, you know, and the whole point of me choosing entrepreneurship and choosing this route to go down was to actually have a better quality of life and to look after my own mental health, you know, and it was actually going against that. So it all kind of came to a head and that happened. And it was then actually during the bankruptcy period. Um, I'd only been in the bankruptcy for I think it was four weeks or five weeks. And I decided, right, I need to I need to continue, you know, being self-employed. Um, I need to set up something else. And I thought to myself, well, do you know what? This is something that I live with. It's something I'm super passionate about because I'd already, even within the tuition company, I'd already actually been running like parents' workshops and running sessions for children in terms of looking after their mental health and well-being. So it was kind of like, right, you've already been doing that. Let's look at how we can grow that and develop that and expand that then into a full business. Um, and then what I've been doing is upskilling over the last, um, you know, sort of year and a half or so, so that I not only then have the lived experience side, um, but then I also have the the professional qualifications and the credibility then, you know, as well as, as well as the lived experience side. You have lived through the experience, but I feel in today's society, people are always looking for credibility and qualifications. So I feel like it's really good that you took the initiative to upskill and to get the qualifications to help you know move forward to open in the main tribe. Yeah, well, we we live obviously in a meritocracy. It is measured, you know, on all, what have you achieved, what qualifications do you have, what grade did you get, what level did you get, which is a, another a whole separate issue. That's a chat for another day, maybe. But... <laughs> You know, we, we live in a society where, yes, lived experience is, of course, valued because we're the ones, you know, that <laughs> we live with it every single day. We're, you know, experts by experience at the same time, because obviously I'd made that transition and moved across into the training side of it. You know, I wanted to be able to have, as, as I said earlier, you know, that credibility and that professional side as well, so that I was coming at it from both sides as opposed to just this is the lived experience side. So I personally was able to offer or am able to offer them both sides of the coin if you like 
So the, this is what has been read in a book. This is the theory I've studied, but also this is it in reality. It's not just necessarily what you've read in a book. Some students can find university quite pressuring because there's a lot of stress and a lot of deadlines. And I feel like this can bring on a lot of anxiety on people. And there are services that are available at Queen's University. You were given a mentor who you can meet up with whenever you felt stress. And I'm aware that there was also counselling services. But these aren't promoted and I felt like you needed to find these for yourself. Many people might not have known that this was available. So what advice would you give to people who are finding the stress and anxiety of university and uni life hard to deal with? No, it is. It's, um, it's very challenging. Like, my brother has actually just finished. He's just graduated from university. Um, so he is currently in this position where every job he's applying for is being shut down, even though he may have the relevant qualifications or experience. You know, so it is a, that's just obviously you know, one example, but there's happening all over the country. And it's not just graduates, you know, you've got the students that are going back for another year at university, but they're obviously still worrying because there's probably going to be an economic downturn after this, you know, having to pay back all the loans and all the finance, you know, that has been disseminated. I feel like careers such as being a startup or other choices that aren't traditional, like they aren't really spoken about. And there's a lot of people who don't know that they are there and also don't know of the different career paths that are available to them. Well, that's it. That's it. It's really difficult because obviously, you know, when when people are faced with uncertainty and are faced with change, that can trigger um, obviously mental health issues because you're out of routine, you haven't got that consistency, you don't know what's guaranteed. But at the same time, on the flip side of that, then you can say to yourself, right, well, let's take this as an opportunity. You know, this could be an opportunity for me to be creative, to think outside the box, to be innovative, you know, and think, okay, what would I do better on this? It's a chance for upskilling. So yes, I appreciate that if you just finish your degree, you may not want to study something else straight away. <laughs> you might have been sick of looking at books by now. You know, you can always do like even like I was saying there yesterday when I finished we online course, you know, you can you can still be keeping your mind active whilst also upskilling at the same time. You know, pick something that you're that you're interested in. Take a problem and think, is that something that I could solve? Look at look for creative solutions to problems because you may find that you actually really enjoy it and you end up going down the entrepreneurship route, you know, but obviously that's not going to be for everyone. It's an option, you know. Yeah, and I feel like, see, when you do go to university, those, like, see, being an entrepreneur or, like, you know, other career choices that are, like, out of the box, they're not spoken about and people, people don't know about them and don't know that they even exist to, to move towards that. So it, it, is, it is difficult. Yeah, definitely. Um, because as I said earlier, you know, because we live in this meritocracy and there's so much focus always put on a- academia and academic qualifications, a lot of the time children and then therefore young people and young adults aren't developing practical skills and aren't developing other skills that would put them in good stead, basically, for the future that are actually going to prepare them. You know, so even even little things, well, it's not really a little thing, but even topics such as, you know, like financial education. So in school, we don't really learn, you know, how do you pay a mortgage? How do you complete a tax return? How do you, <laughs> how do you pay for this? What do you do in terms of budgeting? You know, we don't really learn things like that. And that's a life skill you need. Yeah, well, exactly. I definitely needed it going through the bankruptcy. I needed a bit of... <laughs> financial knowledge <laughs> you know it's something I think that it needs to be brought in in primary school um I know there are obviously organizations and things that do do that but I think it needs to be part of the curriculum and also there needs to be a push on 
experiential learning. So where you're actually doing the learning practically and learning through the process as opposed to just let me read this in a textbook and regurgitate it in an exam, you know, and that's what's happening, unfortunately. And that's why, you know, I also say kids, they're not kids, graduates, <laughs> adults <laughs> are, leaving, are leaving university and don't necessarily have the life skills or perhaps um, the emotional intelligence for different positions, you know, because they have just learned everything in a way that's to pass an exam or to pass a test as opposed to, right, well, how is this actually applied then in real life? Um, and obviously that's going to affect people's mental health then when they leave that safe bubble then of university, you know, because people are coming out of university and they almost feel like, what was the point of me doing that degree then? Because I can't get a job now. After leaving my recent degree, I was very grateful that I received the internship and in marketing because the four months that I spent not knowing what to do, I felt like I was in limbo and it was quite a worrying time for me and I do wish that I could go back and say to myself don't worry it's going to be okay like there's no point getting yourself worked up about it because it does always work out in the end. Massively it's really daunting because it's just like that safety net gets pulled out from underneath you you know and yes some people are lucky they're in a position where they could perhaps move back in with their parents or they've got some sort of financial security you know there, there are obviously people that are like that um or that are in that situation but there's plenty of people that aren't in that situation you know and are really having to graft and are having to make do which isn't necessarily a bad thing you know I think that at the moment with the whole COVID situation um I think it's been a great time of reflection and learning for people as well as yes it has been a difficult and emotional time but I do think that there are some positives that have come from it in terms of people um, expressing gratitude and exploring you know what really makes them happy what their purpose is what they actually value in life you know so I do think I do think there have been a few positives from that but then maybe that's just me I always try and look for <laughs> I always try and look for the positive side <laughs> That's a good way to think about it and, you know, to get in the mindset that we are happy, we're healthy and that it is going to work out and it's going to be okay in the end. No, I think um, there's a lot of talk all the time, you know, about, oh, just have a positive mindset. It's not as easy as that. You know, you don't just, you don't just flick a switch in your brain and go, excellent, I feel happy today now. You know, it's unfortunately not as, um, not as straightforward as that, but it is something that you can work on every day. And it's something that I have to work on literally every single day. I have to monitor and manage my own mental health, you know, do breathing exercises, do certain activities, you know, to, to look after myself or self-care, you know, because obviously if I'm not looking after me, no one else is going to. And if I don't do it, you know, and make sure that I'm okay and able to manage and thrive, I'm not going to be able to give the best then to my clients and to my students. Whenever I feel stressed, I would use the app Headspace, which focuses on breathing exercises and helping you to sleep because whenever I'm stressed, my mind can wander and I don't sleep great. So I use that to chill myself out. So what advice could you offer to people who are maybe experiencing high stress and anxiety at the moment? Well, it's finding a way, sorry, something that works for you. So initially it will probably be a bit of trial and error. 
you know it's again it's not just the case of oh the first thing you do is going to work it might not it could do which would be amazing <laughs> but a lot of the time it's a multifaceted approach as opposed to just one thing so yes I do the lavender spray as well I have that on my pillow at night time my fiance loves it as well now I had to get him his own bottle of it and then obviously we would do the breathing exercise as well I prefer Calm the app just because I prefer the voice on it so <laughs> um, but then there's loads of other things that you can do you know in terms of mindfulness it doesn't have to be this huge big practice um with you know specialized equipment it can literally be just sitting and noticing it can be looking at different breathing exercises which you you know you can get them on youtube for free you can get guided meditations you can do um activities if you've got a partner or family you can do them together you know you could make wee gratitude jars or you could make vision boards you could also do exercises thinking about, you know, what what can I control? Um, just draw something on the page. So I always draw a flower um, and on the inside of the flower, I write in the petals and everything, you know, what, what I have control of and the things that I can control. And then on the outside of it, I then write the things that I can't control. That's a really nice visual for, for me and, you know, obviously then for people that complete it because you're able to see then these are the things that I can actually take ownership of. These are the things that I can have an influence over in my life. And that is a particularly great exercise to be doing at the moment because there's so much at the moment that we can't control you know there's there's so much in terms of um government policy and freedoms you know independence and the the way things are being run at the moment we we are able to then look at okay well what is it i can control and that will obviously calm calm the anxiety slightly as well then um another thing that you can do in terms of self-care is obviously do something that you enjoy. So whether that's, you know, listening to music or playing the guitar or going out for a walk or a run or maybe having a Zoom coffee with someone, even though we're probably all a bit zoomed out at this point. <laughs> um, you can obviously, you know, if it's, if it's becoming something that is um, developing or worsening, that's when obviously, you know, you need to start exploring the medical route in terms of seeking professional help, you know, whether that's counselling or whether, um, you know, you're speaking to your GP or a health visitor or going to even somebody, you know, within the university in terms of uh, the pastoral side of it, you know, things that you can do at home. Um, obviously, the ones that I've said there so far, but also the breathing exercises. There's a great, uh, a great man. I don't know if you've heard of him called Wim Hof. Oh my goodness, unbelievable, unbelievable, honestly. And the thing is, the technique that he uses is all scientifically proven. So he, he came up with, you know, this this practice of the breathing, and then oh, I can't remember the name. I think it's horse stance. He calls it because I only do the breathing side of it at the moment. And then there's a whole other section where you have to take cold showers and all. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not emotionally ready for that yet. So, <laughs> especially when it's raining outside, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, he he actually had like scientific experiments conducted on him. I think it was E. coli, from what I can remember, that he was actually injected with um, and monitored in a hospital. And through the breathing exercises, he was actually able to stop himself from getting sick, which is just absolutely crazy. Like I think from the power of your mind and through breath work that you're able to actually influence the physical capacity of your body and your immune system, which is just unbelievable, you know, and obviously at the moment with the whole COVID situation, people are worried about their immune system as well. I'm I'm on the extremely vulnerable register because of the condition I have. So I'm doing everything I can at the moment to to keep my immune system as best as it can be, you know, so using the Wim Hof, eating the right food. Just want to put in here as well that I've lost a stone and a half just to get that on record. Thank you. 
still got about seven stone to go, but sure. <laughs> we'll get there. It's a start, step in the right direction. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's taking, taking a bit of control, you know, of this this period of time taking not responsibility because that's the wrong word i would say probably more just getting organized you know and thinking okay i'll give that breathing exercise a trial maybe i'll do it tonight um for five minutes you know it's not to say that you have to sit down and be like right i'm gonna meditate like a buddhist monk for three hours you know (laughs) because it's not it's not possible well it is possible obviously but it's not going to be possible immediately that's something that they hone and work on for years and years and years yeah, you have to build it up. Yeah, exactly. It's just starting off small. And even, you know, there's books that you can read. There's a brilliant book that I read uh, by the Speakmans. I don't know if you've heard of them, Eva and Nick Speakman. Are they the people who do the hypnotism on this morning? Yes, literally obsessed with them. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can I just meet you? I want to be you. Thank you. So <laughs> no, they're um, they're unbelievable. And well, you, I'm sure you know yourself then from seeing the work that they do on this morning. You know, they're able to help people conquer their pho- phobias, anxieties, OCD. Um, and their book called Conquering Anxiety. I finished there throughout the throughout the lockdown period. That has helped me so much in terms of understanding um, what they call schemas. So in terms of like how you have uh, framed a certain situation and why you interpreted it in that way. Um, and then how you how you can work through it. Obviously, that is the most brief explanation ever of what <laughs> of, of what they actually cover. But um, no, I would say to anybody that is really struggling with the anxiety. Um, to definitely read that book by the Speakmans because honestly, it's, I'm looking at it right now. It's sitting on my window ledge. So <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's it's really really powerful. It's a powerful tool to have. Definitely, Katie. And um, I do think that it is so important. And for anyone who is maybe feeling a bit anxious, just to try one of the tips that you said because every little does help, especially when you might not be able to go out and see your friends or see your families at this time as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's so many things that we can do from home to look after our well-being. And I think sometimes we focus too much on the things that we can't do. Absolutely. You know, we're a lot of it, even just in general as people, you know, not even just during lockdown, but in general, I think we a lot of the time we focus on things that we can't do or things that we perceive as failure. But I, I try to look at it from more of a growth mindset perspective where I go, OK, it wasn't a failure. It was a learning experience. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to look at it, actually. Uh, well, that's what I I run a course um specifically on you know supporting children with growth mindset development, and as far as I know, I'm the only person in Northern Ireland that trains in that um or has you know a dedicated course to that. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's something that's so important because learning more about growth mindset is what enabled me to recover. And then to come back from the bankruptcy, you know, when when I was going through that period, I'll be quite open and honest, you know, I felt suicidal. I felt literally the worst I've ever felt in my entire life. And I just thought, I don't want to be here anymore. Everything I've worked for has gone. Mm-hmm. It's all been taken away from me. What have I got to live for? Um, and then I started exploring the growth mindset theory. Carol Dweck, yeah. if anybody wants to read about it, is her name. She's the lady who theorised the fixed mindset and growth mindset. So yeah, that that's another thing I would say, you know, you can help yourself in terms of reading. I know sometimes when you are feeling particularly low or anxious, you know, that's not going to be enough. You know, as I said earlier, not one thing is going to help it. It has to be multifaceted. There has to be multiple things 
that are um, being utilised or implemented, whether that be um, medication, you know, obviously if it's a mental illness that you've been diagnosed with, you know, I've I've taken medication um, since I was 17. As soon as I got diagnosed with depression, I got put onto medication and I've never come off of it. You know, I've had obviously different ones. But for me, that's what works. So I have to do a combined approach where I have to take my medication, um, I go to counselling, I read, you know, books that try and support mindset development. I do breathing exercises, try and do some mindfulness activities across the week and learning as well not to beat myself up over things, you know, because I think, I don't know if you're the same, but, you know, sometimes there'll be days where just for no reason and I'm like, I'm rubbish at everything. I feel like it's important to remember that everyone does go through phases like this and that it's important to remember that you're you aren't alone definitely and that's that's what's um so great to see nowadays is you know that we are really um giving a voice to people that are struggling with mental health and mental illness we're we're starting to dismantle the stigma surrounding it you know that it, it doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't mean you're crazy it doesn't mean that you failed at something you know, there's a hell of a lot of factors <laughs> that that influence, you know, um, somebody's mental health. I think also as well, to be honest, we all just need to be a bit more kind and more patient. You, No matter if you're a student or a startup or, you know, you're a team member within your work, everyone feels stressed and everyone goes through ups and downs. What I do is whenever I'm walking down the street, I would always smile at someone or, you know, I would say hello or even when I go and do work or whatever, I always ask people how their day's been because that can make such a big difference to someone and that could, you know, having a conversation with someone could be a, a way of helping them to relieve stress. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's something that's so small. It doesn't cost you anything and it takes you two seconds to do <laughs> or to say hello to someone, you know, and that's why um, well, I was going to say when I go out, haven't been out since March, but because <laughs> obviously I've had to shield. So I'm literally like, I need to leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the, there are there are those little things that we can do, whether it's just smiling at somebody on the train or that we walk past in the street. Or just saying hello, you know, or even asking somebody just that one extra question. You know, if, they, if they're, if they you know, maybe sharing something with you, ask a question about that. You know, show you're interested. Even if you don't necessarily understand it, you don't have to understand something. Just, you know, to show interest in what somebody's speaking about. Well, absolutely, Katie. I really agree with you on that one. No, uh, it is now nowadays I think particularly as well with social media, you know, we, we do need to be very conscious of our words and the power of our words and our actions, you know, um and how this can impact on other people. Mm-hmm. It's not just a case of you know, I can say and do whatever I like, but I need to actually be a bit more conscious of how this is gonna impact on somebody else and just being a bit more considerate. I think it's hard anyway when you are struggling, um, struggling with your mental health to, to go on social media. Like I know across this lockdown period, I've made a conscious effort to be on social media less, you know, and I haven't been on LinkedIn as much. I haven't been on Facebook as much because I've been trying to almost give myself a little bit of a detox, a little bit of a break from it. But at the same time, it wasn't good for me at the beginning because all I, well, even now, because all you're seeing is people's different opinions on what's happening whether it's, you know, people think it's conspiracy theory or whether people think that it's real or, you know, whatever it is people think. But some people have obviously very strong opinions and are voicing them, which is fine because it's their profile. They can do whatever they want. But it, st- it was staying with me then and playing on my mind, you know, exacerbating the worry 
And then obviously when you're sitting there watching the news and it became, you know, the first week or so, I must have had the news on nearly 24-7. My fiancé actually had to take the remote off me and he just turned it off and he was like, right, no more, you're not watching this anymore. He's like, because it's making you worse. And I was like, yeah, okay, actually, you're right. Because it was it was just constant then. It was, you know, a barrage of information and negativity. And as soon as I got my letter to say that I had to shield for at least 12 weeks, I was like, right, fab, I don't need to watch this anymore. In terms of for, for guidance, if you like, because I couldn't leave the house so <laughs> it was just a case of right I don't really need to know you know um the ins and outs of it at the moment to, to basically to safeguard my own mental health as well it's definitely important to put yourself first like say for example you know some people are quite worried about going out at the moment and some people are quite worried about going out to the shops or going maybe to the bars or out for food at the moment. And if you feel like going out is going to cause you stress or it's going to make you anxious, then take another week or two and put yourself first. And if you aren't ready to go out, then don't do it. Well, that's what I think, particularly in terms of the current situation. I think people just need to do what's right for them, you know, because the government guidance isn't crystal clear, should we say. Um, it's not extremely transparent. And it's not, unfortunately, cohesive or comprehensive in any way. So there are people, you know, that are slipping through the gaps and that, that really are, you know, getting the rough end of this at the moment. But I would just say to people, you know, take it one day at a time. Don't beat yourself up if, you know, you think... If, if, you know, the only thing you did that day was get dressed, well done. That's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Because there are some days when I can't do that. <laughs> you know, it takes that much mental energy to get to that point. So who cares, you know, if you haven't got yeah. everything all over Instagram and you haven't got your little Pinterest mm -hmm. picnics and whatever else, you know, whatever it is that people are doing and making their design projects and all that there, you know, that, that might be their way of expressing themselves or looking after their mental health but it doesn't mean that that's going to work for everybody you know we're all we're all individuals and we need to work work out what works for us and that's obviously from a bit of trial and error um and then also not judging ourselves against other people's standards no i think that's that's definitely really important and katie i think you're an absolute inspiration just everything that you've come through and the fact that you can you can say that like you you have your your two businesses and and I think that you really are an inspiration like I really appreciate you coming on today <laughs> no I just um I'm, I'm more than happy to help you know anything that's going to support young people education spread the word you know about mental health and living with mental illness and the way that you can still succeed you can still thrive even though you know you you've got um certain diagnoses you know it doesn't it doesn't stop you from being able to achieve your dreams. It just means that you have to adapt and learn to do things in a different way. Absolutely, Katie. I, I really agree with you. And I really hope that the mindfulness and meditation tips that we spoke about will really help people, especially you know, people who are starting uni or you know, who are just even nervous just sitting in the house at the moment. So, mm -hmm. No, definitely. And even if, um, even if people, you know, uh, do listen to this and think oh what did she mean by that they can message me you know on the mind tribe facebook page mm -hmm. just go to the mind tribe uk um or you can drop me an email at the mind tribe uk at gmail.com sorry i have to do the business plug vanessa you know people um are thinking okay i would like a resource for that you know does she have maybe a worksheet on that or um does you know a youtube video that would be good for that you know i'm more than happy to help people because at the end of the day we're all human and we all need each other katie i feel like you're an absolute inspiration with everything that you came through and so thank you so much for coming on and for agreeing to be a part of our mindfulness week 
Not a problem at all. Thank you so much for the invitation. I appreciate it. Thanks, Katie. I'll chat later. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining us on today's episode of Working at Careers Podcast. I have learned so much from Katie and I feel like she has given us all great tips that we can definitely take home and use if we are maybe feeling a wee bit stressed or a wee bit anxious. Next week, we are going to be joined by Oren Coyle, who works within the finance industry. And this will be a great episode for anyone who is maybe interested in a career in accountancy and financial advisor or any other career along those lines. So I really hope that you will all join us again next week for another episode of Working at Careers. Bye!